This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to episode one of the Brian and Colonial podcast, an Alabama podcast for Alabama people. I'm your host, Kevin Paul, joined today uh, by a very special guest of the the crown prince of Gump Twitter uh, is what I've named him. Uh, the super savage himself, Cruz Oxenrider. Cruz, how are you today? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, thank I crown king is, you know, I, I appreciate it. But, you know, I think there's a couple of people that are a little bit above me, but I appreciate the respect. <laughs> you're, you're getting up there, man. You've uh, you've had a pretty huge rise the last couple of years. So I'm looking forward to uh how that continues. So one question I want to ask all of my guests starting out is um, how did you originally become an Alabama fan? Oh, that's a, that's a really good question. So I grew up uh, in some, and a lot of people know this now I've kind of come out uh, the last like year, kind of <laughs> set, set it right. I actually grew up a Gator. I grew up a huge Florida fan because uh, my parents, uh, I'm a military brat. So I spent, uh, before I moved to Alabama, spent a lot of time living in the state of Florida. That explains why I'm a, a Lightning fan, a Heat fan, a, a Rays fan. Um, and I never really got into the Buccaneers. Uh, it, it, I never did. They weren't really that good growing up. And then uh, I grew up a Gator, and then we moved to Mobile, Alabama. Um, I was the only Florida fan out of all my friends. It was either your Alabama or Auburn. And then there's just me sitting in the corner, like Steven Glansboro by himself. Uh, and so <laughs> I am, you know, but I had a really good year. So I, you know, I got to see all the Tebow years and then, you know, uh, and then my last year living in Alabama or uh, going to high school in Alabama was, you know, just Tebow, just getting the, you know, crying on the sidelines and whatnot. <laughs> and then my freshman year of college happened. And I went to Gainesville for, for school. Uh, you know, it was where I always wanted to go. Um, and I got there and I think I just had Gainesville and the university of Florida build up in my head so much, uh, that it was just kind of like this, uh, you, you know, it, it was, it was just too high and mighty for me and I didn't like it. And I actually spent a lot of time visiting Alabama and Auburn, um, because I had a lot of friends from high school go there. So I, what I did is I visited both schools, gave them both a fair shot, uh, and I couldn't decide, and I literally flipped the coin. And it, Alabama, <laughs> Alabama was tails, and it landed on it, and I was like, okay. And I immediately put in my uh, application to transfer, and then, you know, I, I, best decision I ever made. Yeah. So, so you are literally um, a slight gust of wind from being a barner. You're that close. Oh yeah, and so I mean, oh. it's funny too because you know I, I I just went back home recently to Mobile, and it's just funny how everyone just remembers me as this huge Tebow fanatic. You know, Urban, <laughs> My- Urban Meyer was the goat, not Nick Saban at the time, <laughs> and it's just kind of funny just to be like, dude, what happened to you? Just complete one eighty. So, <laughs> look, those that five year Urban Meyer stretch. Think of, think he was only at Florida for six years, but those first five years, um, you couldn't convince me that. He wouldn't have Florida where Saban has Alabama right now. So my first year at Florida was the John Brantley years, year is year after Tebow. So I got <laughs> it was horrible. 
And so oh, it, it was, God. it was bad, man. It was. And so I was just like, uh, you know, I went from watching maybe one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time yeah. to John Brantley. And <laughs> so I was, and it, that's not the reason I transferred, but it obviously didn't help. So, right. Yeah. Oh, jog my memory. That Florida team, I think that was 2010. It was. They, yeah. They started out like a top 10 team. We right? were, like they, we went into the Alabama game that year in Tuscaloosa where it, everyone came back and it was projected to basically repeat. We, I believe we were number four in the country. I know we were top five. We were number four <laughs> and we got the break speed off of us. I mean, oh, my, man. it was, it was, more let's put it like this: Mark Marquise Mays threw more touchdown passes in that game than John Brantley did. Oh no! Yeah. That's, so that's, I, yeah. So so it was bad, and then you know they tried the whole Trey Burton thing, and it was. It, it, and so we, I think we ended up winning the Outback Bowl that year against uh, against Penn State. So yeah, that was my last uh, game as as a Gator. I got, I'm glad you're on this side now, crew. Um, so you know we, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon, um, October 13th. So we got to talk about it. Uh, one of actually no, not one of quite literally the worst defensive performance we have ever seen from the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, Cruz, um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you the ball and just let you roll here, man. What? Um, what happened? What do you think happened? I don't. I can't explain it myself. You know, I I think there's a couple things that went into it. I think number number one, they didn't. I I don't think they stole signals. I, I know Lane is a is a character and he wants to win and everything like that. I don't think Lane Kiffin is the kind of guy who will result into that. Um, I just think they had a perfect off- offensive game plan. I mean, mm-hmm. it was basically after that first drive, watching what lane was doing as far as formations and play calls and taking and, and basically taking advantage of our aggressive, um, you know, our aggressive style. I was like, we're in trouble because Pete golden can't outcoach Lane Kiffin. Uh, I thought missed tackles was a big thing. Um, you know, I, 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 I know that it was raining. The weather wasn't all that great, but I mean, I, I believe there's 38 official missed tackles from that game. I mean, it, it was, I've never seen anything like it, I, you know, and I don't know what it is about Ole Miss, but it seems like even when me and you went to school there, Ole Miss always gave us fits. Doesn't matter if it was Bo Wallace or if it was Chad Kelly or no. I mean, I, Shea Patterson does not count, but I, but, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it, Lane just, I thought Lane just coached a perfect game. Honestly, if they would have played any look of defense, they would have stopped us a couple times. I, I mean, it could have. Who knows? I mean, really. Uh, honestly, so impressed with our offense, keeping up the way that they did. I have a gut feeling, though, is that this is a huge wake-up call. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of people are going to be taking Georgia in this game this weekend. Uh, which, I mean, if you look at the performance you know, that we just put on display, I wouldn't exactly blame you. But our defense always seems to rise to the occasion. We have one of these games every year. Even yeah. in our even our 2016, the the greatest defense I have ever seen, the 2016 Alabama Crimson Tide defense, we also gave up a ton of points to Ole Miss. Same thing, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the year until we got all the way down to that Clemson game, uh, you know, we still played outstanding. So maybe this is the wake up call we needed. I'm trying to be as positive as I can with this, but it was definitely concerning watching that game. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you said, we seem to have one of these games every year. Uh, like you mentioned, the 2016 game, even in 2015, you know, we gave up 43 to Ole Miss and Brian Denny. Um, you know, last year, well, not last year, two years ago, you know, it wasn't a great Alabama defense, but you no, know, we gave up 31 to Arkansas. Uh, so it it seems that this happens every year, but. It just felt like we weren't as prepared. And, yeah, Lane's a great play caller. You know, as Alabama fans, we know that ourselves. But it just didn't seem like Pete Golden could ever, you know, catch up to Lane. Lane was always two steps ahead. Um, You know, and that's, again, the signals thing, I don't think Lane stole signals. I think, if anything, if he recognized any signals that we were still using from four-plus years ago – uh, that's on the Alabama uh, staff. That's on now, us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's clearly on us. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, like you said, there's just an answer for everything. Just running backs and tight ends running wide open. Um, when we actually got into the backfield, we couldn't actually get Matt Corral to the ground. It just if that's the worst, it can't get worse than that. I really hope it can't get worse than that. Um, so, you know, how do you see the Georgia game playing out this weekend? You know. I- I kind of look at it like 2015, you know, we had just basically our defense just left the game with their tails in between their legs and and everyone was picking Georgia to beat Alabama. This is the end. This is the Georgia team that can do it. Um, I can't remember what cookie cutter white dude quarterback Georgia had at that time. Um, oh, that was uh, Grayson Lambert. Th- yeah. So, yeah, 100% <laughs> wouldn't have got that. It could have been Aaron Murray or Jake Fromm or, or even Jacob Eason. I couldn't tell the difference. And uh, they thought they were going to come. They were going to basically end our run in Athens. And what happened? We we destroyed them. And in our defense stepped up. I, I was fully expecting going in that Georgia game in 2015, being like, we're in trouble. I mean, I, and, you know, I think, again, wake up call, you know, came out, played great special teams, great defense. And, you know, uh, Coker was still trying to find his vibe, but Derrick Henry definitely took that game over. Um I kind of have a feeling it's going to be like that. Uh, it's supposed – no, it's not going to be a monsoon. Uh, but I feel like it's going to be a really good game. I, I, I think that Georgia is going to go in this game a little too cocky. Um, and that can come in. Don't get me wrong. The Bennett kid has actually played pretty well. But I I want to see how he does against a very aggressive defense. I, I feel like the teams he's played this year hasn't haven't exactly been – headhunters on defense so i want to see how he does um this is a huge game for dylan moses i believe i think he's finally going to you know show why he came back uh and really step up on a leadership kind of role um i i expect us to play well I, i really think this game is going to come down to which offense makes the first mistake so uh yeah, I I think you know pretty similar to you. I I don't expect thirty eight to ten again or anything crazy like that. But I would not be surprised if Bama wins this game semi comfortably. Um, I do know that Kirby's built a a machine in Athens, and you know the way they it's literally twenty eleven Alabama. I talked about this on the other podcast um, that I do, Bandro. They he's turned them into twenty eleven Alabama. Um, they don't take very many risks on offense. Uh, defense is stout, you know, every level, top to bottom. Uh, but I, I think, you know, in 2011, they'd be built to win a game like this. But I think now just with, you know, Alabama's defense isn't going to play as badly as they did in Oxford. And I do think that, you know, 
if Alabama goes up 14-3 quick in the first quarter, um, is Georgia going to be able to respond to that? Can Stetson Bennett keep up with Mac Jones? That's uh, I think that's what it's yeah. going to come down to. And that's and that's fair. So that's why I feel really good about going into this game. Am I am I worried about our defense? Yes. And it's but it's not about giving up the the big chunk pass plays because I don't think Stetson Bennett can do that. I mean, I think it's more as we need to when we have tackles in the backfield, we have to we have to wrap them up. If you watch, go back and watch the Ole Miss game or the Texas A&M game or even the Missouri game, we could have had so many more tackles for losses and it extended drives and you know points came off of that so i mean and again i know the weather was bad last weekend and you know slippery and everything like that but i mean there were so many drives that could have been stopped for Ole miss had we wrapped up in the backfield yeah there was many times just you know fundamental stuff stuff that can really be corrected in practice and i think it was the Ole miss's first possession of the second half um you know, Daniel Wright, who has had an up and down season, to say the least, he had a play, you know, on a ball, but he, I think he tried for the interception and just played himself way out of position. And then um, Kenny Yaboa from Ole Miss ended up running 80 yards, you know, untouched for a touchdown. They're just small stuff like that, you know, in practice and in film, you know, maybe that's you know, a 20 yard gain, but I'd take a 20 yard gain over, you know, a 70 yard touchdown every oh, yeah. time. Yeah, and Lane, that's what was so great about Lane coming to Bama is he is so good at creating the worst possible matchup. So he and that's what he does. And and once he sniffs, once he smells blood, it's it's done. A uh, perfect example was you know uh, 2015 national championship. Once OJ Howard got involved, it was done. I, I mean, you know, what what tight end puts over 200 yards in the national championship game? Uh, you know, so uh, same thing with, uh, you know, Bo Scarborough, him getting, you know, his carries late in the year of Washington. You know, just you're not going to stop him. So let's just keep running. So um, I don't think we will face an offense nearly as good as Ole Miss the rest of the way. I don't even think it's close. I, I don't even think Florida has a better offense than uh, Ole Miss does. Um and it, and I just think that it was, I it was the perfect storm for Ole Miss. It really was. They came out hot. They executed. They did everything we did. Mac Jones and Najee Harris saved us last week. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, just I'm I'm glad you brought him up because I think that's the question everyone wants to know. Um, we we know that you're probably the biggest Matt Jones fan um, on the planet outside of his own family. Um, so how, number one, you know, how did you become such a big Mac Jones fan? I mean, early on, I mean, this has been going on for well over a year um, well before two even got hurt. And how did you conflate that with, you know, the smash hit super savage? How did all that come together for you? Yeah. So, and uh, yeah, so I remember, you know, the 2017 season, you know, I was looking at our recruiting class. And I was like, oh, man, we got we got two really good – we got two Elite 11 quarterbacks coming. You know, everyone remembers Tua, Tua coming in. Mac Jones was an Elite 11 quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he was fully committed to Kentucky and then, you know, he flipped – you know, wanted to come compete and came to Bama. And I feel like he knew that he was going to have to wait his turn. Uh, and so he just kind of sat there in the corner, kind of became – 
like an Alex Moran from Blue Mountain State, kind of like a crowd favorite, you know, backup <laughs> quarterback. Everyone knew who he was. Everyone loved him. Um, and then, you know, and then the, we had the uh, training days uh, documentary from. Uh, okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Uh, 2018, you know, coming off Mm -hmm. the national championship season, and there's a picture of my boy Damian Harris and, you know, Mac doing this awesome handshake and the song Super Savage was actually in the back of it. And I was like, man, that was really cool. I was like, I really like that. And kind of, and, you know, when we were blowing people out in 2018 by, you know, 30, 40 points most times, you know, and then even Jalen got in and after Jalen was like, all right, you're done. So Mac came in, Mm -hmm. I was like, I like this. And so (laughs) then of course the whole injury 
happened with Tua last year, and it was you know devastating. Everyone's down. We had just lost to LSU. I, I think it was the game after we lost to LSU, the Mississippi State game. Yeah, and everyone and you talk about just pouring salt into the womb. I mean, just watching that happen. And then everyone's kind of losing, you know, faith in the season. It's it's everyone's saying it's a wash season. It's done. You know, this kid can't play. Put Talia in. Give Paul uh, Paul Tyson uh, a shot. I'm thinking to myself, is like we've seen this kid play. He hasn't really gotten any, you know, you know, a fair shot to be a starter. I mean, when he came in and filled in for Tua for the Arkansas game, he lit it up. But everyone, yeah. Was, yeah. So I mean, and so I basically just wanted to, you know, show some support to a guy that wasn't getting any love whatsoever. Um, I did the same. I did the same thing with Blake Sims. No one gave Blake Sims any love because uh, everyone wanted Jacob Coker. I did mm-hmm. the exact same thing in mm-hmm. 2014. I said in Blake we trust. And what happened? You probably to this day, Blake Sims has the best deep ball I have ever seen uh, from an, an Alabama quarterback. Oh, and and that was the knock on him. Yeah, uh, if you remember, it was like, oh, thank God Coker's transferring in. I don't know, if Jake. I don't know if Blake Sims can throw the deep ball. And then, yeah. he, <laughs> and then it, what it, it, Yeah, so and I believed in Blake. I was like, you know what? I was like, this kid has been in our program for so long. He knows the system. He knows what he's doing. You know, get, like, give him a fair shot. And he took us to the playoffs. And with in that 2014 Alabama team, it was not that good, honestly. It really no. wasn't. No. Uh, yeah. And maybe it's, you know, outside of, you know, the last couple of years, um, the, the Pete Golding experiment, uh, that – before that, that was Saban's worst defense. It was Landon Collins and then everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I he think was Marlon, the only All-American we had on that defense that year. Yeah. Landon I think, Collins. I think Marlon Humphrey was still um, – he was redshirting that year. I, I don't mm-hmm. think Jaron Reed had really become the player that he would Reggie become. Raglan and Aishon Robinson were on that defense. I believe Aishon was a sophomore and Reggie was a junior. But other, but no yeah. one, they weren't household names though. Atlanta Collins was the only household name on that defense. No, they had to play their way into, like you yeah. said, being household names and being, you know, yeah. guys you can lean on. But it was like, man, if, like, and again, God, I hate, I hate, hate when Texas fans say if Colt didn't get hurt. But it, it's hard. It's hard to imagine Ohio State running for as many yards as they did if Atlanta didn't yeah. get hurt in 2014. No, I agree. But um, sorry, I got sidetracked. But uh, anyway, so yeah. I wanted to show some support. You know, I was like, you know, what, this kid, this kid is finally getting a shot. You know, let's at least be supportive. Yes, it didn't end the way we wanted to in the Iron Bowl. But if you look at it, he he played his butt off in that game. He really did. I mean, his first real true road SEC start at Auburn against a very good. Auburn defense that year, especially mm-hmm. on the defensive line. I mean, you had uh, two defensive linemen go in the first two rounds of the drive, including Derek Brown. Um, he and he took his hits. You know, yes, he had one bad overthrow that got for a pick six, but what did he do? The next drive, took it down the field, scored, tied it back up, and then he had that fluke play. That I, I mean, look, Auburn Jesus saved them once again. It happens every time. There's always a crazy play. It was a flute play that bounced off Najee's back. Um, I which I don't believe he even should have been put in that position to begin with. It was first and goal no. at the one with Najee. Yep. yep. Um, but what do you do next drive? Came back, scored, and you know he played his butt off. Got us in a position to tie, and you know Alabama kicking woes again. Um, lit it up in the bowl game. 
got a full season as the as you know preparing to be the starter. No one giving him. Everyone's like Bryce Young, Bryce Young, Bryce Young, Bryce Young. And I agree, Bryce Young is really good. He's going to be really good. I hope. I really think he will. But I think that I, I think that you know he kind of just tuned everybody out, worked his butt off in the offseason, uh, became the leader of this team, and it's and it's showing. It's showing now. And so my goal was, and, and you know, I've had, definitely had some help. Uh, you know, shout out to Kyle who helps me do the Super Savage videos uh, on Twitter as well. Um, and you know, I just wanted to create the hype train for this kid because everyone's you know just basically handing Bryce Young the job. And I'm like, we we got this kid who's got a cannon. I mean, he. I mean, so I just wanted to be supportive. Uh, he likes the videos. Uh, he followed me on Twitter. He DM me. He likes the videos. Uh, nice. Fun, fun story. The the guy uh, Chuck Savage who created the song Super Savage actually joined Twitter. Uh, followed me. DM me, and, <laughs> and it's very no. He loves it. He he really? like he's blown away. He was like, I cannot thank you enough for for the support i mean because he was he was he didn't know what super savage season was he's been off twitter for i guess a couple months and basically just came in and just retweeted everything uh that we've done the last couple months because i told him i was like hey search hashtag super savage season and he was beside himself he was so appreciative and so thankful because i was like i really hope this guy does not get mad that we're using this song this much but no he loves it he really does he's like please let me know that anytime you put up a new video so look, it's it's so weird because he's you know he's up and coming in the rap game for sure, but it's so random that you know this one song that you know he you know obviously it's one of his better songs, but yeah. it's like synonymous with a fan base now. Like you could play it in Bryant Denny and it wouldn't be you know out of place. No, not at all. I, I, in <laughs> fact, I, if it played at Bryant Denny, I'm pretty sure people would lose their mind. It would be it would be like uh, no flex zone or. Uh, uh, you know anything besides uh, Teo Cruz and Dynamite? I, I can't, I can't God. take that anymore. Man, um, we our playlist, our pregame playlist was so good in 2010. I bet I just you know top notch, and then they just decided not to change it from there. So yeah, it, yeah. Ever since the guy got in trouble for the 2010 Iron Ball for playing "Take the Money and Run" and the son uh, of a preacher man, and he got fired. Uh, <laughs> uh, he got he got fired, and look. I, I kind of get it, but man, that's what rivalry is about, right? Oh, like yeah. if you if you can't poke fun at your rivals like that pregame, then what's the point of even you know playing the game? See, and that and that's what. And, and here's the thing: I don't like LSU, but I think LSU fans are probably some of the more passionate ones. I love Neck. I think Neck is probably the the hypest song you can do in a stadium i don't even i love dixieland delight but just the the thought in seeing neck live before he got banned was pure electricity and and yeah but i think we definitely need once we allow the big more fans coming back into the stands we really need to switch up this uh this this uh playlist and I'll, I'll gladly do it hell like i'll do it for half of what you're paying the guy right now so. <laughs> it's kind of a shame that you know the first season of mac is a full-time starter look i don't he's playing himself into an nfl draft pick right now oh, i yeah. don't know but um it, you know should he decide to leave it would be kind of sad that mac never gets you know the full 101,000 people in bryant denny and we'll never get to hear super savage with mac as qb1 in the stadium 
that's kind that, of sad. To me. That's pretty heartbreaking. Um, it is. I, you know, hopefully, it obviously, you know, we we have no idea what's going to happen uh, with everything. Um, I just hope at the end of the year, no matter what happens, he finally gets the respect and love that he deserves because he has been. You know, everyone was so appreciative of what Jalen did staying and being a good teammate. Not a lot of people talk about Mac, you know, you know, yeah. staying and doing the exact same thing. You know, he could have transferred. I mean, he's from uh, he's from Florida. He could have went and gone to Florida State or he could have gone to Florida or hell, he could have transferred back to Kentucky um, and taken mm-hmm. that. But he waited his turn. He, he stayed in the system. And I think. It's, it's and it's showing too. It's showing that he's not just a first-time quarterback. Like he's showing his experience right now. Yeah, exactly. He um, it he looks like a guy that you know waited for two and a half years and you know got better and prepared. And when his number was called, he was ready. And it's and now he's. I, I don't. You can say whatever you want about other quarterbacks. Right now, he is the best quarterback in the country. And yeah. I would say so, at least from the sample size we've had. I mean, obviously, T. 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 Lawrence is you know he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what Justin Fields is going to look like. We assume he's going to ball out. Uh, we don't really get to see Trey Lance, which I think Trey Lance is going to be a steal uh, when he gets drafted. Right. Um, but I would say with the level of competition and the consistency, I mean, it's hard to argue. Uh, yeah. It's it's right now like Mac. And even Kyle Trask has looked really good too. I know they lost this weekend, but I mean, they are still putting up a ton of points. Obviously not having Kyle Pitts though was a huge reason why they lost um, him being hurt last weekend. But I mean, it's kind of funny how good the quarterback play has been in the SEC this year. Oh, it's, it's been insane. Part of it I think is because of the shortened off season. And, you know, if you bring back personnel on offense, um, that learning curve isn't as steep and, you know, the chemistry is already there, but, you know, defensively that process, you know, restarts every single year. And, um, you know, especially if you're bringing in a new defensive coordinator like LSU did, or, you know, if you're retaining a questionable one like Alabama did, then you'll see a lot of the lapses that, you know, we've had. It, it may show up near the end of the year, but I mean, early on, like, like you said, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, um, even Miles Brennan after the first half of the, the Mississippi State game from LSU. He's been playing super well. Um, you know, Missouri Kellen Mond def- looked good. Kellen Mond Kellen, looked good last week. Kellen Mond looked good. I, I don't know what else I even have to say. That's you know, <laughs> Garantano, Garantano in the first half of the Georgia game was throwing bombs. I, I don't, I don't know if you, yeah. I mean, so I think the quarterback play is definitely it surprised a lot of people this year. Uh, I would say the guy who's probably had the biggest drop off where I have seen like little to no improvement has probably been Bo Nix, honestly. And that's just mm-hmm. not me. That's not me being a homer or anything. I I mean, I watched the Kentucky game. Didn't look that good there. I mean, they got absolutely embarrassed by Georgia. And then you come back, should have lost to Arkansas. I mean, yep. that was no, they, they did horrendous. Lose. They horrendous. did lose. They did lose to Arkansas, but it's not going to show that in the state. No. They lost that game. I mean, he Passed the ball oh, yeah. backwards and Arkansas recovered it. That's absolutely. And, and they so, didn't have a t- they didn't have a timeout left either. I don't think so. It would have been again. Auburn it, G's is showing up, you know. But luckily, <laughs> that's their one. There's that's their one this year. So you yeah. know, yeah. They they used it way too early. It's it's still October, man. You got you got to save Auburn Jesus for November. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, 
So Cruz, thanks again for coming on and being my first guest. Um, before I let you go, I need a score prediction for this weekend and how many touchdowns does Mac throw for? Okay. Uh, so I've been thinking about this. Um, I believe this is a game that our defense shows up in a big way. I think they've heard all the chatter. I think they've heard all the noise. And I believe this is going to be a, a, a big shock. I think Mac comes out. George's defense is by far the best we're going to play all year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he's going to be on point. I think we're going to keep it super balanced. Um, I think Mac will throw two touchdowns. I think he will throw for about 275. Um, oh. Yeah, it's about 275. I think they're going to be really balanced in this game. I expect a bigger game from Najee Harris than Mac. And that has nothing to do with Mac. I just think that this offensive line is going to eat. I think they're I think they're up for the challenge on taking on this Georgia defensive line. So I expect a really big game from Najee. Uh, my final score is going to be twenty four to thirty five Bama. Wow. Okay. So that's kind of a shootout almost. You're expecting. I think I think it's going to be a heavyweight fight. I think that these two teams are going to basically feel each other out. And I expect it to be a wild second half. No, I don't think Bryce Young is going to have to come in and save us like most backup quarterbacks have to do in the past couple of years. Um, but I think this is going going to be a fantastic game. But I believe that we run away with it in the fourth quarter. Okay. Yeah, I like that prediction too. Like you said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel like a boxing match almost for the first few quarters. But I do think we are built, especially on offense, to – like you said, they're the best defense we'll see all year, but we're the best offense they'll see all year too. Oh, so not even question. So it, it will be interesting to see that matchup um, play out. I do think that you know Stetson Bennett is—he's more mobile than he looks. You know, whatever stereotypical yeah. white quarterback comment you want to make there, but he does move around pretty well in the pocket. Uh, but I don't think Georgia has as dynamic of receivers as you'll need to beat Alabama. Um, Sertan definitely needs to show up this week, though, against against mm-hmm. a guy like Pickens. Pickens is no slouch whatsoever. He is a monster. So I hope that Sertan steps up to the challenge this week. I believe he will. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pickens is really the only guy I worry about as, a, as far as their passing threat because I don't believe Bennett can chuck the ball – you know, down the field like a lot of these other SEC quarterbacks can. So it's just more of as long as we can stay in front of everything and we can actually wrap up and bring them down, I don't believe Georgia is going to have the ability to have that many big plays. Yeah, that, that's it. If Pickens, if Sertan can play Pickens to a draw, uh, I, I think that's kind of the game right there. Um, I don't think Georgia has many other options to score if that happens. And though Kyrus Jackson for them is pretty good too, but – um, I'm not sure he can take over a game the way Pickens can. No, Zamir White is is the one player on Georgia's offense that scares me because he's mm-hmm. he's one guy. If you don't bring him down, he's gone. And yeah. so I I believe that they're really going to have to focus on that this week, and I, and I believe they will. Like I said, it's we had our slip up game on defense. Yeah, yeah. We we've heard all the chatter. It's the same exact thing as the 2015, I believe. Our offense is much better than it was in 2015. So I, I believe if our defense can just play well enough, we don't need, we won't, and we won't have to be a shootout because I just don't think Georgia's offense can keep up with our offense. Yeah, I don't even not, think it's remotely close. No, not at all, not at all. 
so Cruz, thanks again for joining. Um, folks listening at home, follow him on Twitter at the real Cruz Ox. Um, you know, you will be hearing from him later on. I'm sure he's got some good Georgia content planned for this week. Um, but until then, take care. Cruz, thanks, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, big guy. Yep.